This is how we're going to push back. Her bill would expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity or sexual orientation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and sharing the truth found in scripture to help set people free. I'm Amber Archer, your co-host, and joining me is my husband, Mark Archer. Two turntables and a microphone. Uh, Mixmaster Mark. Mixmaster Mark. Uh, so we love sharing all the information that we find and just keeping you guys up to date. This this show and this podcast is not for the faint of heart as we share a lot of heavy conversations with people from all across the country and here just with the news. I don't think so. Oh, yes, I know so. (laughs) So I did want to say I was super excited. We launched um, a free screening event for Of the Mind Polluters on the website. Yay! And it was really incredible to watch the Lord work and so many shares across social media. If you're not following us on, uh, we're on Facebook. It's at the Mind Polluters. And, um, but just all the shares and people commenting about it it, it had this flood of people signing up to watch the film. Then the first day we had over 450 people watch from all over the world, actually. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, the top places, it was the United States, the, the Dominican Republic, Canada, Chile, Colombia, and the Netherlands. So it was, it was really awesome. I always awesome. wanted to be a player in the Netherlands. <laughs> well, who knows? Now you are. Here we are. <laughs> what up? Netherlands. Yeah. No, so it was it's really incredible and just to watch the Lord work and see and and help educate people is really is really what we're here for. Mm-hmm. So speaking of educating people, we have some more interesting, not fun topics to talk about today. I've got some interesting interesting audio here today. I've got a lot of it to share, but <clears throat> um this has been an, kind of a dynamic situation going on. Uh-huh. Duh, Ashley. So the New American Magazine, uh-huh. who um, we love, and they, uh, Alex Newman writes for the New American, and they, so there's there's this uh, state delegate in Virginia named Elizabeth Guzman, mm-hmm. okay, Democrat. Uh-huh. All right. Um who had introduced legislation that we're going to talk about here um, to basically criminalize parents who don't affirm. Right. And so I pause time out because, mm-hmm. you know, we come across these articles mainly because we're doing a lot of research right now while we're in production of our next documentary film, Dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the transgender movement. And so we are just inundated with this stuff. I mean... It is so at your fingertips as soon as you turn on your computer. Yes, it is everywhere. So, but when you see it trying to become policy, you uh, buyer mm-hmm. beware. Yeah, and we've been talking about this for a while. Here's another example of it mm-hmm. now. Stick around to the end because this gets really good. So, let's start let's start it with the end at the beginning here. Okay. Okay, so the latest update is from the New American, a Virginia lawmaker withdrew her threat to introduce legislation that would have criminalized parents who refused to affirm their children's chosen gender identities, blaming her change of plans on, quote, a misleading news piece, i.e. one that exposed her bill for what it was. Mm-hmm. 
Delegate Elizabeth Guzman, a Democrat, had planned to reintroduce a bill previously introduced in 2020 to add, quote, physical or mental injury on the basis of the child's gender identity or sexual orientation to the state's definition of child abuse. Now, I'm going to pause there, and I'm going to play then a news report from... ABC 7, okay. Um, and can I just say, yes. before we started doing these documentary films, I can tell you I was just an everyday citizen who did not pay attention to any of these things. Right. And I think once you understand how and where things are getting done, you begin to kind of zero in on what's going to be the most effective means. Because I can tell you the opposition, people who want to you know destroy every aspect mm-hmm. of civilization basically right in all these policies they're all coming in you know through these nonprofit groups and they're you know the legislators are tied so heavily to a lot of the monies that they get through these organizations and so you begin to really understand what's happening and this is a prime example and can i point out just as we were talking about in our devotions this morning is that and people and we trust us. We say it all the time too. We just feel you feel overwhelmed every day. You feel like you're trying to sip through a fire hydrant. Oh yeah. And let's just remember the words of Proverbs: "The wicked freely strut about when what is vile is honored among men." Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing is this onslaught of wickedness. And when I think of wicked freely strut about, I think about the uh, the the tranny uh, you know dance shows. The, oh, oh, yeah, the drag shows? Drag shows, yeah. I think of Gavin Newsom and his billboards yeah. for abortions. Freely strutting about Ugh. because, because what's the Bible say? Because what is vile, what is vile is honored among men mm-hmm. who are giving honor <clears throat> to people who are vile. Mm-hmm. It's it's the, the abortion industry. It's the homosexuals. It's the, it, now this... People who want to sexualize your kids and cut off their body parts and sterilize them, and we're we're honoring this, we're elevating this. Mm. These things, these vile things, are honored among men. Men, therefore, the wicked freely strut about, and they have <clears throat> apparently no consequences right mm. now. That's what it seems. Right like. now, so okay, I'm off my soapbox. We'll go back okay. to the news report. Go back okay. to the news report. ABC Seven. Here Got we it. Go. Delegate is introducing a new bill centered around parents and how they handle their child's sexual orientation and gender identity. 7 News reporter Nick Minock explains why this is controversial. Right now, parents' rights and LGBTQ protections are a big focus in Virginia. Thousands of students in Virginia have walked out of class protesting Governor Glenn Youngkin's newly proposed model policies on the treatment of transgender students at school. And Governor Yunkin argues schools shouldn't keep parents in the dark about their child's sexual orientation and gender identity. These same progressives in Fairfax County actually believe that they should lock parents out of their children's lives. They think that parents have no right to know what your child is discussing with their teacher or their counselor. Democratic Virginia delegate Elizabeth Guzman is a social worker, and she's planning on reintroducing a bill in Richmond that she says would help protect LGBTQ children from their parents and guardians who may not be affirming 
of their child's sexual orientation and gender identity. This is how we're going to push back. Her bill would expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity or sexual orientation. There's an investigation also in place that is not only, you know, from a social worker, but there's also a police investigation before we make the decision that there's going to be a CPS charge. What could the penalties be if, you know, the investigation concludes and it's concluded that a parent is not affirming of their LGBTQ child? What could the consequences be? Well, we first have to have an investigation. You know, it could be a felony, it could be a misdemeanor, but we know that a CPS charge could harm, you know, your employment, could harm your education. And Alexandria, Nick Minox, 7 News. And Delegate Guzman tells 7 News that she is hoping to pass the bill in the upcoming legislative session. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? Uh, if, if you think that that is only happening in Virginia, think again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's that's what I can say right now, because honestly, we just got done filming with a former social worker yes. who spent decades in the system, mm-hmm. who we interviewed for our next film, Dysphoria, to yes. speak directly about these things. And it is frightening. Yes. How much the Child Protective Services has? Oh, I, I don't even I don't even know how to how to explain it it's because a, of all the information that we just received. It, it but, is like, a twisted web. Yes, is what it is. Mm-hmm. It looks like the back of my stereo in the eighties. I mean, it's just well, and, and, cables everywhere. Just well, uh, and, 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 this and what's fascinating this. about it is having having just sat down with with her and three hours. Three yes. three hours of trying to understand, and so that's why for us, that's our job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we for dysphoria is untangling this web so that you can see it yes. for what it is and connect all these dots for you in a nice little bow. Now, <clears throat> uh, speaking of that's un- my thoughts untangling things. Yes, to build on that. So you have to remember that these people that are pushing these things, they are, when the light is exposed upon them and mm-hmm. their plans, they run. Mm-hmm. So they were very proud of this last, well, two years ago. Okay, We're talking about the same woman. This, the same woman and this, leg- this proposed legislation. Mm-hmm. So proud of it, in fact, that there was another podcast that her, the co-author of her bill... Uh, did and I got this uh, in an email from fightforschools.com. Now, mm-hmm. interesting, they're primarily down there in Loudoun County, Virginia. Yeah, podcast confirming that Virginia Democrats want to prosecute parents for not affirming their child's gender identity disappears. Well, and can, <laughs> can I just say? There have been so many articles. I'll have to go back and find the one. There was one um, letter to the editor that I read in, I think it was one of our local local newspapers, and they were talking about how parents were going to need, th- parents were going to have to take classes in order to get yes. certified. Well, yeah. I have an article. It's coming. I have like, an article from California that <laughs> was talking about that you're going to have to be licensed that's what to it was. raise your own children. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that on other podcasts. But so let me let me f- keep up with me here. Okay. Um, so okay, last week Channel Seven News reported that a ver- <clears throat> that Virginia parents 
<clears throat> could face a felony or misdemeanor charge if they do not affirm their child's claimed gender identity. We just played that. Uh-huh. After the story went national and parents were outraged, the sponsor of the bill, Elizabeth Guzman, who you heard in uh-huh. there, who we're going to hear more from in a second, posted a thread on Twitter in which she tried to convince the world that the report was inaccurate, despite her saying on camera that parents could be subject to an investigation, a felony, a misdemeanor, and damaged employment prospects for not affirming their child's claimed gender identity. Some in the media even bought Guzman's reality-bending pushback, of course. Of course. But Guzman and her media allies failed to realize that the Daily Wire had already reported that a woman working with Guzman, Amy Canova, I love the Daily Wire, (laughs) (laughs) had gone on a podcast in July of this year and confirmed that the bill does exactly what Guzman told Channel 7. Quoting, because, of course, this podcast has disappeared. Uh So we don't have the audio for that. But what she said, quote, I've been working with a senator, no, a representative in a small district that I'm not a resident of, and she is a former social worker and has her clinical degree and recognized the abuse and long-term harm of not affirming your kids. So we are working on a child protection bill that would make it illegal not to affirm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now... Keep up with me here, because we need to... Circle back, circle back, circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back. I have Elizabeth Guzman's Twitter profile in front of me. Uh Uh-huh. As a social worker and mom of four, I will always fight to protect LGBTQ children from abuse. To set the record straight on a misleading news piece from Sinclair-owned affiliate that mischaracterized a pro-safety anti-abuse bill... I introduced in 2020 to protect the youth. And it goes, it, it's Lengthy. on and on and on. I'm not going to read it all because it's ridiculous. What's more interesting is to listen to the raw audio of the interview. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, they wanted it to disappear, but it didn't because we have it. <laughs> Interestingly, the news station posted the raw audio so i'm gonna put the link and you can watch it yeah okay but we have the audio here of pretty much all of it all of it that's that's relevant here so this is so bear with us here now i have to give credit to the reporter for asking logical questions next (laughs) step next step next step i have i know nothing about this reporter right i'm not here to judge him or his work, he did a decent job. And I think based on her interview and what, <laughs> and what she says, and you can, you'll can you hear as we play it, she doubles back on herself. Mm-hmm. She admits what it's going to do, but she says, no, it's not criminalizing. It's, it's educating parents. Uh-huh. Threatening, basically. Yes, excuse me. When you're educating <laughs> with a threat of punishment, yeah. that's called making it illegal. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, this is the raw audio here. Perfect. Okay, so I was looking at your campaign website. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through some of the issues that you're passionate about, and I fell on your LGBTQ plus issues page. And the first topic I want to talk to you about is this diversity training mm-hmm. with state employees that the Yunkin administration has been rolling out. I know the Virginia Mercury did a story on this. What are you hearing from state employees, and what do you think about the diversity training? Well, affairs, you know, that when I wrote that bill, 
my intention was to help state employees to become more knowledgeable about not only the different cultures, but actually I was targeting LGBTQ, you know, individuals that were coming to the state to be served. I actually, I came out with that bill because one of my constituents went to the DMV and he was identifying as a female and the DMV didn't want to help them because that was not the gender at birth. So mom called me, you know, in tears, look what's happening. And I said, that's the law. You have to put what they said they wanted to be. So I had to get involved. And then I realized by talking to the commissioner and talking to the employees who work at the DMV that they need to understand where individuals come from. And they, as part of their job, you know, to help all Virginians, including the LGBTQ community, and we need to understand their rights and their identities. So unfortunately, while the bill went to the state Senate, then we realized that there was not even a uh, cultural competence training. And so we turned that into cultural competence and make that training broader. And I haven't heard anything that people push back as far as state employees. What I heard is good feedback because they many of them did they know, for example, the amount of languages that are spoken on Virginia, or the amount of communities that live in Virginia. So they state employees are excited about it and grateful that now they have that opportunity to be trained, but at the same time learn. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the. Um, let me pull this up here. It's coming. All He's right. going to start asking go. her now specifics so, about another that. issue I have seen on your website uh, that you introduced and you're continuing to work on legislation to expand the definition of child abuse to include bullying a child based on gender identity or sexual orientation. What compelled you to introduce this legislation and continue to work on this? Well, I'm a social worker, you know, and I've seen firsthand the lack of resources and support systems for children, LGBTQ children, and their parents as well. So we, when I was reading the law, and I have worked in child protective services as well, and we help all children. However, we have failed to, I, to state that bullying against children from an LGBTQ community for their gender identity or sexual orientation is not included as part of the code. Unfortunately, you know, the bill was laid on the table because we spoke uh, with the Department of Social Services then and they didn't have the capacity to absorb the amount of issues that could come, but promised me that they will work on the issue. But living in the times that we are living now with Governor Jankin forcing children, you know, to be out, you know, and expose them to their parents and reading articles where children are in tears and, you know, afraid of what could happen to them, I think there are articles in the Washington Post where even children are like, well, if my parents know, they won't help me to go to college. They'll pick me up. Okay, okay. Hang on. No, You know, when she's referencing the Washington Compost, she's got relevant stuff. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Can I also point out, and I know that the, the audio is really garbled. That's because TV people conduct terrible 
technical interviews. Well, that's okay. We need what? to do an interview. Let's go outside next to a bus stop and a fountain <laughs> and underneath a flight pattern. No, well, well, besides all that, no, what I, what I kept thinking was, okay, so they continue those who are all for all of this affirming. Mm-hmm. So their biggest issue is these LGBT kids are bullied homeless, you know, cause they're trying to rehome them now. Right. Um, and they're, they're outed to their parents. So do you think that there might be something wrong? You are intentionally ha- trying to lead kids down a path of mm-hmm. destruction. Do you not understand? <laughs> I, I just, no, they don't. I cannot get over how ignorant these things are. Oh, but this gets better, trust me. Trust me. That your your head's gonna explode by that time. If you're driving and you're listening to this, you might wanna pull over and put some duct tape on. <laughs> Because it's gonna get Great. it's gonna get better. Okay. Yeah, because it's bullying. and I think that's the thing. What how what's the definition of bullying now? Uh, who knows? And and I'm sure that it's ever changing. Hurting my feelings. I bullied. I don't know. It used to for <laughs> when we were kids it meant you got Wally stomped. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was bullying. The damage was already done. Or somebody took your lunch money. Yeah. Right, that was bullying. Okay. Right, hold on. Here we go. Oh, I think that is wrong, you know, and I just want those children to know that Delegate Guzman is here to help them. I haven't forgotten about them, that I will continue to fight for this legislation. And I think that it's extremely necessary in the times that we are living now. Such uh, a it's savior. extremely important. So will you, you don't be care about the kids. This bill come this general assembly yes, session. Yes, we are having policy conversations right now with the House Democratic Caucus, and we are having those conversations now. This but is the just day a week that or Governor so Yankin wanted to implement this policy, I immediately tested the policy lead on that committee. I said, "This is how we're going to push back." He wants to do that when then we have to also protect children. So why don't we do, you know, for children's being abused, do that a CPS charge and we can implement that as well. To give who support that. So we are still having conversations, but yes, I'm happy to reintroduce it. And for clarity, when you said the moment that the governor introduced his policy, are you talking about the uh, revisions to the model policies yes. with the VDOE? Okay. Um, and so you're still a social worker, right? Mm-hmm. From a social worker's perspective, we'll start with this question. What's the importance for, in your view, to have affirming parents, uh, especially with students of LGBTQ backgrounds? Well, I think that it's extremely important because as a mom of four children, we all love our children. How many of her kids are LGBT? We we need to love them for who they are and where they are coming from. Probably none of them. And sometimes it's ignorance, to be honest with you, just to understand. Uh, where children come from. So I believe that as a social worker, my job is... I know where my children came from. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. I know their background very well. And when I am dealing with these cases, is to help parents to, number one, accept their children, to become more knowledgeable about the issue, and most importantly, to become a support system for their children because they need to realize that when they, if they are bullied, if they are mistreated, they are not systems in place right now in Virginia. For example, if you are homeless, you leave your house or whatever you are living, you know, there are not shelters in place that would place them right now in a place for the identity that they, they have now. 
So they are. We only have special services ro- for rooms. Mm, we know. have male rooms, bathrooms, but we don't have that for transgender uh, individuals. So that's something that. We- Can I just point out? Mm. She's acknowledging that the problem that they're causing is forcing kids out of their homes by disrupting the nuclear family with uh-huh. this nonsense. Yeah. But there's nowhere for them to go. And so they need the nanny state. They need the right. government to come in and right. give them a bunch of money so that they can build special facilities for these special kids. Right. Okay. We need to address. But I think that we have to help them to become a support system. I think parents love their children. I, so as much as I love mine, and I need to help them. Mm-hmm. And flipping the question around, as a social worker, what do you think about parents who might not be affirming or just are not affirming, period, when it comes to uh, the sexual orientation or gender identity of their children? I think that as a parent, we always want to be there for our children, you know, and I've seen cases where children, you know, have left their homes because they didn't feel that they are supported or they are hurt. So they go and I've heard, I've seen stories of children who are homeless and they, even the case of one of my constituents who actually, she went to a hospital and she had to sell her blood because she didn't have support systems. And I, what I'll do with them is talk to them about the cases that I have seen what could happen to their children. And I'm sure they will be able to listen and accept them. So I was looking at, I read your bill that you introduced in 2020. Hold on. So... If you had a half a brain and you really believed that this was the right thing to do, would you not see down the line, hey, there's no support system for them? I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> there's no, there's nowhere for them to go. What we should do is make a place for them to go, then do the legislation that breaks up the family and forces them all out of their homes. Right. Instead, let's force them all out of their homes so that we can have them on the streets. You know what? You know what's so fascinating <laughs> is is you know. Flipping, flipping the script in, in what they, what they, the opposition claims about, for instance, the pro-life movement, Mm -hmm. you, you only care about them while they're in the womb. You don't care about them after they're born, Mm -hmm. right? You hear that all the time. All the time. And so here with the transgender movement, you don't care about them after they've been mutilated, you know, rehomed. What are you doing for them? Nothing. Nothing. No, no. Here, you're, you here. just want to keep moving, kicking the can down the road. You right. just want to keep shuffling them through the system. Because that's when the payoff happens. Yeah. They, they're, the payoff is that now these kids are forever indebted, you know, enslaved to the drugs. Mm-hmm. They, they're they enslaved to the drug companies. And the drug companies are who puts people like this in office. Ugh. It expands the definition of abuse and neglect mm-hmm. to include affirmation. Yeah. Um, or non-affirming mm-hmm. parents of gender identity and sexual orientation. So uh, coming at this with the perspective of, of a social worker, are you saying non-affirming parents are committing abuse against their children if they don't affirm their gender identity or sexual orientation? And no, I'm not saying that. What I come from a place is that they need to learn. Is that something that they have not been dealing <laughs> right, with? Right. And this is the first, case, the first case within their community. What I wanted to do is help them. So I want them to be able to see the state as a resource or their local government. So where they pause, can call and ask. Pause, pause. You need to see the pause. state as a resource. They're here to help you learn. Oh. 
New think. <laughs> you need to learn how to right. think right. Re-education. Re-education camps. The sort so, so let me get this straight. <clears throat> so she's advocating for these minor children who haven't lived or experienced life mm-hmm. like their parents <laughs> who have given, most of them, given birth to them, you know, their mothers. Their birthing persons. Their birthing persons. Yes, who identify as female. Right. So let's, let's and so right so she's advocating for these children to make better decisions, life-altering decisions, mm-hmm. than their parents who have lived longer, have experience. This mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Okay, you ready for more sense? Here we go. For help. And that happens all the time, even when we talk about other, you know, abuse. You know, there I was also a child advocate where I help children, you know, coming from neglect and abuse. And, you know, my intention was not to come after parents. My intention was to listen to all sides and come with a conclusion of how can we help the child, but also help parents. Uh, as well, and I, ha- I was the ears and eyes for the judge, so I needed to come and submit my report to them. But I've never, as a social worker, I cannot be biased on it any side. My role is to come and listen to both sides. But you and are biased. Yes, completely biased. The child, as a child, for who they are or who they love, and the parent to become a better parent. So, how does this bill, if it was passed, signed into law? How does it work, kind of in practice? Let's say. Because how I understand yeah. it, and just correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. if let's say there is a child who might be in the LGBT commu- community and they the find airplane. that they're in a situation where their parents don't support them, do not affirm their gender identity or sexual orientation, do they kind of do they report that to a school official or a court reporter or a social worker and then Child Protective Services or a government ag- agency launches an investigation to see what it's all about. Is that kind of how it works in practice or is it something else that you have in mind? Sure. So we have a list of mandated reporters and among mandated reporters, we have the school staff, you know, an adult who is a social worker or some, a counselor in the school. So we have to look at the list of mandated reporters. And if this child shares with those mandated reporters what they are going through, and we're talking about not how long only before neighbors abuse, are, but we're talking mental how abuse. Long? what the job of that mandated reporter is going to get a list of all these mandated reporters Mm -hmm. and then that's how everybody gets involved and there's an investigation also (laughs) in place that is not only you know from a social worker but there's also a police investigation before we make the decision that there's going to be a cps charge okay um no big deal what how do you define affirmation in terms of And the scope of this bill. And I can I just point out. <laughs> wow. I, I, you can tell. And I don't again, I don't know this report. I don't know anything about him. You can tell by the nature of his questions that he's he, he seems to be in favor of the LGBTQ. You think so? Oh, I, I don't I, get that impression. I think so. But he's being pretty balanced with his question. Well, okay. I mean, he's asking honest questions of her yeah. which i think is what really makes her angry because you've <laughs> listened to the the news report yeah you, you, this is one of those you you have to you have to go back after you hear this go back to the beginning and listen to the news report again or just click the link and watch it because i think he's 
He's, he's pretty <laughs> okay. spot on. Okay, here we go. Well, uh, you know, I'm not an attorney. You know, I come I from that's... a place where I'm trying to help, you know, children and the most vulnerable and marginalized communities. So what I want, what my goal of the bill is to accept children for who they are. So I'm not uh, getting into the nitty gritty of that word, but the, the, the scope of the bill, which is to help children, you know, accept them for who they are and help parents to become a support system more than affirmation or anything else. Forcing parents into the lie. Mm-hmm. Do you think this infringes on free speech or religious freedom at Excellent. all? Oh, hey, because there might job. be some people in community of different faiths, whether it's the Muslim faith or Catholic faith, who, because of their religious Christian beliefs, faith. they don't mm-hmm. believe in affirmation of LGBTQ issues when it comes to their children. What do you tell those parents um, who might be learning about this bill, who don't feel like they want to necessarily affirm uh, what their children are feeling when it comes to their sexual orientation or gender identity? I would tell you that I've been asked that question multiple times by knocking on doors, as I represent a very competitive state. And I am a religious person myself. And I go by what the Bible said, and that said that we have to love everyone, and it is not our job to judge anyone. Wow. You know, that mm-hmm. is a business between that individual and God, and what the Bible said is that we have to love everyone, that neighbor, for who they are. So <laughs> Thou shalt not I lie. Tell them mm-hmm. when they ask me that question, and that's what I will continue to tell people in faith. And that commitment belongs to two people, God and that person. You know, as parents who are there to orient our children, to She's guide as them, as Gavin Newsom. you know, and oh, tell them word. what they should do. But at the end of the day, we all are going to become adults. And for those believers out there, we know that there is life after life. And there is going to be a conversation between that person and God. And that's what we have to go by, what the Bible said. You know, it is not my job to judge anyone. It is my job to help people. But I know that I'll be responsible for what I do as a person after I die, and that's something between God and I. Yeah. In 10 seconds, or 15 seconds, <laughs> how? what would you say, what does your bill do? What would it do? Yeah. My bill will state in the code of Virginia that bullying a child from the LGBTQ community, and this includes mental or physical abuse, to be abused for their sexual orientation or gender identity, that would be considered a CPS, a Child Protective Services charge. And mm-hmm. what could the penalties be? If you know the investigation concludes and it's concluded that a parent is not affirming of their LGBTQ child, what could the consequences be? Well, we first have to have an investigation, you know, and before we make the determination that there's going to be a CPS charge, depending on the type of abuse, and this is for all abuse, not only LGBTQ, you know, it could be a felony, it could be a misdemeanor, but we know that CP, a CPS charge could harm, you know, your employment, could harm your education, because nowadays many people uh, have those, they do a There's CPS database search before offering employment. However, you yeah, know, there's an full investigation. Compliance. It's not oh. something that happens overnight. There are too many people involved before we come up with that decision. What would you tell your Republican colleagues who say this is criminalizing parents? What would you tell them? Yeah. No, it's not. It's 
educating parents. It's because a felony. The law tells you. <laughs> Educate, but that's that educating you. Educating. You learn. So this law is telling you, do not abuse your children <laughs> because they are LGBTQ. So what we do is, and we, I would tell also my colleagues that we are here to represent Democrats, Republicans when we are elected. And we need, we are here to represent also members of the LGBTQ community. And our job is to treat all of our constituency with dignity and respect. And that includes the LGBTQ. There you go. Okay. So. Well, interesting. I I think the interesting thing is too, um, having just um, talked with a CPS worker and understanding that when you go to work there, you basically relinquish any any identity of your faith mm-hmm. uh, you can't speak about your faith you can't share your faith you know it doesn't matter what faith it is which right. which is which in turn is is really it's, it's a good thing good and bad you know because if you can't stand on the truth <laughs> because she's she's trying to use the Bible as justification. Oh my word! Yeah. So on that, and this is the, of course, because we're running out of time here. But this is a, a good discussion for you could do a whole movie on this, <laughs> on you know to proselytize or not to proselytize, mm-hmm. and and this is a big part of what we discussed with her, um, the woman that we interviewed, is because yeah, as Christians, of course, we say we should be able to share our faith, but then. Do we want that same freedom for a Christian scientist, you know, or a Muslim or a Hindu right, that's sharing their faith mm-hmm. with a troubled child? We, have, we would have a problem with that the same way we have a problem with not being able to share our faith. And, <clears throat> you know, this is... This right, freedom is, of religion. This is the problem. And, mm-hmm. and can I just point out, this is the problem with turning these things over to the state. Yeah. The reason these things have been turned over to the state is because the church has been silent. Mm-hmm. These things aren't dealt with by the church. And when I say church, I'm not just picking on pastors. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We should be the ones who are who are engaging culture, engaging people on an individual level, and helping guide people through this with the truth with found the truth. in scripture there is nothing illegal about you if if you're if you're not a people go well, I'm not a social worker I don't have a degree in that you don't have to have a degree to talk common sense into somebody and and like I said like we said at the beginning this is not just an isolated incident where it's only happening in Virginia Mm-mm. because there, I'm going to leave a link to this in the show notes because you think you know they're arguing they're they're complaining what she's really complaining about is because Yunkin went in and said you can't keep gender identity from parents yeah. you can't you can't hide it from the parents when their kids are at school mm-hmm. well trans headline um this is from the washington stand.com i'm going to leave a link to it in the show notes trans identifying students increased 991 percent over two years in a wealthy dc suburb now think about this percentage of children in this suburb and you're keeping all of this information from the parents how many children is that I mean, how many kids, how many families are disrupted because of this? You think the state is going to be able to handle all these kids? I don't think so. So moving on then. Moving on. This is, uh, this is. The, the battle continues. The conclusion 
of this one, the battle we'll, continues. So. We'll, we'll keep on keeping on. Thank you for joining us today. That is all the time we have for today. And we will talk to you again next Tuesday, I'm sure, with some more information. But be sure to check out themindpolluters.com. And you can visit all things Fearless Features at fearlessfeatures.org. Have a great week. Talk to you again next Tuesday.